it's kind of like um how mm -hmm. eating ass became very popular it wasn't just like out of nowhere everyone was like oh this is the thing no one's ever tried this before and now right. everyone's tried it right it, it kind of became this meme and i think a lot of people started to affect it in a way where they're like oh no like i really really love this even if they weren't they weren't necessarily super turned on by it but it was one of those the, the, those like things like sexual things that you can do that you were fine with you know like you weren't turned off or disgusted by it but it wasn't something that it was like this huge turn on hello and welcome to your mileage may vary we talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is controversial but usually in good faith and keith my co-host is mike but he is unavailable again so here to pick up the slack is returning champion Alyssa. welcome back Alyssa. thanks for having me back yeah now <laughs> I understand you have some things you want to get off your chest about our last episode, but before we do that, perhaps we should say where we are. So we are currently in a very sexy suite in North Macedonia. Right. And I think this is the first time this podcast has availed me a privilege. We were checking in here and they put us in the wrong small room. And while I was throwing my tantrum downstairs... <laughs> I mentioned that we wanted the larger room that I had booked because we uh, needed some space because we were recording a podcast. And I think the hotel owner assumed that we're recording a podcast about hotels or something. <laughs> it was it was just amazing because you had the microphone in your hand and right. you, <laughs> you're kind of waving it about. Right. Yeah. So she was really worried to disappointed <laughs> us and something put us in this suite here. The suite is preposterous. It has two bathrooms. Um, and It's insane. It's very sexy. It's what I imagine like a 19-year-old imagines a bachelor pad is. The couch that you're sitting on, it's black leather. Yeah. We have yeah, There's feathers. these like red candlesticks everywhere. You have feathered <laughs> lampshades. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So anyway, yeah. Hopefully the perks keep coming. And okay, why are we qualified to talk about sex and relationships? Well, I guess I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily qualified. I'm not licensed or certified in, by any means, but I am a young lady who has had sex and has been in relationships. So <laughs> I guess, listen to me. <laughs> or no, yeah, or not. Yes. Up to you. You do you. For our listeners who don't know, <laughs> Alyssa and I have been going out, dating. What are we? What, Boyfriend, girlfriend. What are we, Keith? <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, what is a couple that is not engaged but fairly serious about each other? Uh, what the young people say, going steady. Oh yeah, going steady. <laughs> yeah, and we are we are allegedly in an open relationship, although neither one of us has uh, cashed that check in, but right. yet. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Maybe that'll maybe that'll come later. We'll see when that happens. All right. Make for a good episode. Introduction complete. <laughs> oh, well, the first time one of us sleeps with someone else. Yeah, it makes it would be a good uh, little yeah. interview segment, huh? Yeah, you should help me do that just so that we can have some good content. Yeah, I have ideas on how I can uh, manage your Tinder your Tinder account or oh. whatever it is your uh, your platform of choice. Okay. All right. Well, maybe. Okay. Well. All right. So introductions complete. It's been a while since I did the usual podcast begging. So I'm going to do it today. Please rate, review, subscribe to, and tell your friends about the show. We're always desperate for feedback and to reward those that provide us feedback. We pay $10 for any feedback we receive. Um, you can contact us at ymmvpod at gmail.com or at ymmvpod on Twitter. We prefer negative feedback since that's the most actionable, but if you want to praise us, we'll allow it. We also enjoy answering questions from our listeners, some of which we'll get to today. So ymmvpod at gmail.com and at YMV, ymmvpod on Twitter are your places to do that. All right, Alyssa, you were squirming about some things you said in our last episode. Uh, okay. So, so yes, I did want to do a little bit of housekeeping from uh -huh. the last episode that I did uh, with the pod, with you guys or with you. Um, I was like, cause we listened to it, I think the morning after, yeah. and I realized that in my mind, cause we were sitting there drinking beer and I was in my bikini having a wonderful time, but I mm -hmm. didn't realize how just absolutely like shammered I was. I was just, <laughs> you, you get, my list was kind of coming out. Like, <laughs> it was wonderful, but I was so drunk. I've heard and, you slurring far worse than we were yeah, yeah, that but, particular evening. Yeah. But it's just, 
Yeah, just nothing quite breaks the veneer of how you see yourself until you listen to yourself yeah. on, yeah, it can be painful. you know, on audio or you watch yourself on a video. And I was yeah. just, you know, I thought I was killing it. Like sometimes I think I'm so funny, but then when I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm hilarious. But then when I like hear myself like listening back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually, my sense of humor is not that great. <laughs> and something's just weren't hitting. But anyway, I just wanted to clear the air about a few things. And, um, that yeah my sense of humor was a bit there but also um i realized we never really specified why the first time that we had sex together was kind of weird wow. we just kind of talked about it and like alluded over it but we never really quite said what happened i don't know why was the first time we had sex kind of weird what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i thought um, it was delightful <laughs> well, yeah whatever we remember of it so um the first time we ever had sex i think this was on our third date and we hadn't got it was really weird because we went to some weird barbecue place and we got yeah like it was, it was deep in like covid shutdowns yeah like, and that place was open and that place was open and we got just basically like a mountain of brisket uh-huh. and we were sitting down chatting and i we was just, impressed by the way with your ordering <laughs> with all the brisket that i ordered yeah, yeah I, I was i don't know what i was thinking going on a, a third date trying to get some meat sweats yeah. but we just were sitting down and i think between the two of us we both basically like i want to say drink like like the equivalent of two bottles of wine each hmm. i don't think it was that much. i don't know i just remember standing up and i was just like i don't remember a single thing after that and <laughs> not re- that's a, not really i remember it but it was just funny because i remember coming back to that bar like months later uh-huh. and the bartender was like hey like um i remember you and i think he had thought that i, I thought he thought I was someone else and I was like oh no you don't he's like no you were here with that guy and like man you guys were just drinking a bunch of white wine and I was this was months later I never like go to that spot ever and I was like oh my gosh yeah he was just like how weird these people are just drinking uh, a bunch of chardonnay and like a pile of brisket yeah but um yeah I think it was just um it was it was odd for the two of us because it was just so out of character to um I think have set like you know like have like a first sexual encounter like that. And I think we both were just yeah. super embarrassed the morning after. I think I remember us just being like both like contacting each other and just like kind of perseverating on it the entire day and being like, yeah, I'm so sorry, but we yeah, got through it. I felt like because of the inebriation, well, a few things happened. I mean, the first is we, we stayed at your place mm-hmm. and normally I would try to make myself scarce after a first sexual encounter because I don't know if the person wants me to spend the night or not. But because it was late and I'd had a bit to drink, I think I was just pretty tired. So I stayed. And so I think I was a bit embarrassed about that. I didn't mean to impose myself on you in that way. And then I didn't, because we'd been drinking a bit, I wasn't sure if you were fully on board. I mean, I, I okay, that's that's putting it a little bit strongly. I, I knew you wanted, <laughs> you were comfortable having sex with me, but I didn't know if, I don't know. I don't know if, if you felt embarrassed or, or badly about things. And, and I didn't like that. And so I think when I touched base with you the next day, I mentioned some of those things. Yeah, I think we we both did. I think we both were kind of relieved that the other one was also just kind of fretting about it and embarrassed because yeah. it's it was both very out, out of character for the two of us to kind of go in like that. And I was super embarrassed because the next day I had work and you had to go to the train station and yeah. <laughs> you basically had to watch me do my weird morning routine. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there eating my yogurt and yeah. like trying to do like my 10 minute meditation. I was like, uh. yeah. <laughs> It was weird being there in such a, yeah, such a pedestrian moment, but yeah. But I think it, it was funny because I think after we kind of touched base afterwards, we talked a little bit about it and we laughed about it and then we made up for having a really nice, really romantic fourth date. What did we do for the fourth date? Oh, you oh did, I cooked for you or You something. cooked for me, yeah, okay. in your apartment. Yeah. You, you brought out the, uh, the pasta maker and the, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we made, I made pasta and the sous vide machine. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Nice touch. All right. I redeemed myself. Yeah. With the, <laughs> it wasn't drilling on you while I was trying to like make out with you for the first time. <laughs> it. So Kaylee's my breath didn't stink like a uh, brisket. This yeah. time it was just pasta. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well let's, okay. can we get back to this? Uh, you have ideas about 
how to help manage my Tinder profile? Oh, yes. So I think I saw your Tinder profile when I was swiping on Tinder before and I got really excited and I think I screenshot and sent it to you. Uh And I think we had a really long conversation about um, your photos and why why you chose them Mm -hmm. and the little snippets you put in there about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think also your opening one-liners. And I think I can help with that. Okay. Because I know that you're trying to weed out certain people and also, um, I guess, say things about yourself without, you know, being without saying things about yourself, I guess, you know, being very subtle. My general strategy in mm-hmm. dating profiles is to cast as wide a net as possible. I agree. Swipe on everyone. I would love to have a profile. I don't know if the listeners can hear, but the house cleaners are singing in Macedonian. <laughs> outside <laughs> our room they're cleaning a, a neighboring room so apologies it slaps or, or maybe it's <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's fun to have that in the background anyway yeah i try to cast as wide a net as possible because i don't want to exclude any potential matches and i would love to be able to be super um restrictive and say i only want women between five five and five seven who have these measurements mm-hmm. and who are interested <laughs> in NBA basketball, uh, Eastern European world affairs, and you know whatever. I would love to to do that, but in my experience, it's hard enough to get matches, even when I cast as wide a net as possible. And so mm-hmm. my profiles are always curated to sound <laughs> in a way that I think sounds interesting and compelling, mm-hmm. and wouldn't turn anybody off. So. For example, I would never mention anything about politics on there, even though I think dating people of a certain pol- political persuasion would be intolerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so that's my that's my general strategy. And then I try to also do various things with my photos. So I, I you know I have a photo traveling someplace. I have a photo where it looks like uh, I'm at like a dinner party. So it's sort of establishing that I'm normal and and have friends. I have a photo of me with my shirt off. I think my, my dad is in that photo. So it's not mm-hmm. as vain. I know that photo. <laughs> it's not as vain as a typical uh, shirtless photo might look. It's mm-hmm. sort of cute because I'm with my dad. Uh, I have a photo where I'm in a tuxedo at a wedding, mm-hmm. but the photo is sort of casually taken. I'm sitting in front of somebody and they were taking my picture from behind and I'm like sort of mm-hmm. turned with my elbow around the chair. And so, the whole thing is curated in such a way to cast as wide a net as possible. So does that strategy seem to, for photos seem to make no, sense? The, no, your strategy for photos is fantastic. I never said it wasn't. Um, they're all great photos. I mean, it definitely deviates from um, the sea of, you, of men holding up a fish or petting a tiger or right. the puppy as their wingman. Right. So, I mean, I think they're all wonderfully curated photos for sure. Um, I wonder if I like, I just, I wonder if like I deployed my tactic of speaking to people just because coming from, you know, just the other demographic or the other side. So like a millennial woman, mm-hmm. you know, if you would hit more, right. Like you get more hits because the thing is once it's, it's the, it's the, like getting to the dating part, right. Cause like once you're on a date, it's like, I know you're solid. It's just like, you're charming, you're handsome, yeah. like you're knowledgeable, you're funny. That's right. All the, all the, all the I, things. I, I couldn't you know, agree so, more. <laughs> So it's once you're on the date, it's you're solid, but it's just getting to that first day. Like I think just kind of just being able to not disarm people, but getting people to be like, okay, this is someone I'll actually, you know, go, I'll put my eyelashes on for, you know what I mean? Like I'll go outside for, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Here's what the text is. It says, Mm -hmm. let me take you out to dinner or for a drink. I'm amusing and won't pressure you into any nonsense. Warning, I'll likely invite you out tonight. Mm -hmm. Avid flosser, distance runner, cookie baker, whiskey drinker, podcast hoster, occasional model, and adventure idea haver. Six feet tall. And then I have a link to my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Good. Instagram's awesome. I don't like having to say my height, Mm -hmm. but I know that's important. I think that's important to, to more women than uh, irritating it is to some women. So some women don't like people flexing their height. Mm-hmm. Six, six feet tall isn't really that much of a flex, but mm-hmm. I am a legit six feet, maybe six foot one and a half. When yeah. I have I agree. No, stuff I, I, in my hair. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree that you're right, that 
it's good to put it on there versus it's not, it's not going to turn off as many people as it would turn away people being like, oh, yeah, actually, I just don't, like, I don't know, that's you know, the, that's the thought. Uh, and then I have my Instagram, a link to my Instagram, which I think that could be problematic these days because if people look at my Instagram, they're going to see lots of content of you. Mm, right. So yeah, importantly, I don't say anything about uh, having anything. a girlfriend right, or right. ethical non-monogamy. Right. Um, but I haven't really been using these apps since we started dating. Yeah. Um, especially not in the last, you know, six to 10 months. Yeah. And so I'm not actually sure if I was using these aggressively, what kind of uh, match frequency I would be getting. Just some mm-hmm. listeners may not know this. Tinder doesn't show you to people unless you're using Tinder itself. So like, why should they show you to other people and have them like you if you're not going to log into the app for a year? That is just going to end up with the experience for the people who have liked you is feeling empty because they won't be getting matches. And so in order to get matches on Tinder or in order to get likes on Tinder, you need to be using Tinder. And there's probably some ceiling and there's probably some diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. Like you probably can't get more than X likes in a day. I don't know exactly how the formula works, but because I'm not using it, I haven't been getting basically any likes. Yeah. I mean, I just, I actually just got an email, like a little petty email from Tinder to say, we're going to hide your profile because you're, yeah. Yeah. They, um, Tinder's ghosting me now. I suspect you're a, a a top choice or what is it called on Tinder? The people who are, I don't know. They know who the most beautiful people are because, Uh. (laughs) (laughs) hold on. I had not yet said that you're one of those people. (laughs) I guess I implied it though. Yeah. Yeah. So Tinder has, I'll take it. (laughs) If you, you've never paid for Tinder, right? Or have No, never paid for Tinder. if If you pay for Tinder, there's this area called, I don't even know what it is, but the top choices or something. Mm-hmm. And you could go to that tab and it'll show you these people who are all just like absurdly hot and their profiles seem really interesting and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I suspect, and the way they do that is they don't have an editorial board going through this. I, I presume mm-hmm. it, it's just that they can tell what percentage of people like you. And based on that, they can uh, make some guesses about your attractiveness. They also know the attractiveness of the people liking you. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody's getting liked at a super high rate by super high attractive, highly attractive people, then they can make some inferences about that, that person themselves. Yeah. I don't think my profile is very interesting. Um, it's really, it's really fun getting to hear and see um, the male perspective on dating, like on dating websites and like mm-hmm. how, you know, you have to put so certain amount of information, but not too much information and like having to perfectly curate like photos and such. Cause the female experience is that I literally don't have to put forth a single iota yeah, Alyssa, of effort. You it's, know this. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you say in your oh, profile. Yeah, Nobody no, gives a shit. Like, no they, one gives a shit. Like, they look at your pictures and they're like, you know, looking for a certain mm-hmm. ratio and they've decided within 50 milliseconds whether they want to fuck you. Actually, let me And that's just... the only thing. Oh, no. That's, that's a... the only thing that matters. Oh, I know but that. Yeah, but yeah, this is this is a profile review for myself. So, yeah. all right. So oh. I said, you know, let me take you out to dinner or for a drink. I'm amusing and won't pressure you into any nonsense. Warning, I'll likely invite you out tonight. The reason why... I say that is I'm trying to lay the foundation for, I'll say like a couple, th- like if I match with someone, I'll mm-hmm. say a couple, I'll try to say something mildly witty and in response to one of their pictures or some prompt they have in their profile. And then if they respond, I may say one more thing. But after that, I like to say, let's meet. We can meet for mm-hmm. a coffee or mm-hmm. uh, a dinner or a drink. Mm-hmm or a walk or whatever, whatever your speed is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me know if you're interested in what neighborhood and I'll suggest some places. So I'm doing that to just re- remove all right. pressure from them. Also, if we're in San Francisco where we live, I know the area pretty well, so I can sort of give some options that I think can be fun. Yeah. And, and that's maybe, how you... maybe seem interesting to a person, but mm-hmm. by the time I've gotten to having two, two or three messages from them, they're probably a 90% close anyway. And mm-hmm. so that part doesn't matter. I think the only part that matters is what can somebody say in their profile mm-hmm. that can be more inclusive than my current text. And I don't know what that might be. Do you have any suggestions? The only thing I can suggest right now is I don't know why the, I won't pressure you into any nonsense, just kind of, 
it's the only thing that I think uh, where I have like I'm kind of like ooh, I'm you know, that I feel I feel a bit that. of apprehension to yeah. it. That's and I think it's I understand what you're trying to say. I understand that. Yeah, it's like you know you you'll go on a date with somebody and they'll either yeah you just don't know what could possibly happen. I'm like not going to awkwardly yeah like, put the, I'm not going to put them in a position where they feel pressured to come home with me at the end of the no, day. Exactly. And I think a lot of men do that, and so I'm trying to signal that I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But maybe saying but, but, I'm not going to do that. But is, it's it's just like saying like, well, I'm not a murderer, you know. <laughs> Right. They're like, I didn't ask like, if you were. Yeah, exactly. Right, so you right. might as well say, like, I promise I'm not an axe murder. And it's like, you wouldn't put that on a profile, you know? And it's like, I understand where, like, what you're trying to say. But as I don't know why, and I'm trying to introspect more onto it, but that's like the only thing I could think of. I'm like, ooh, that's, I have a bit of apprehension okay. there. I'm that's like, oh. useful feedback. Yeah. I wonder, I'll, I'll um, workshop a couple other things. It's like ideas saying, there. like, I promise I don't have a well in my basement. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not going to wear your skin. Are you a size six? <laughs> All right. But everything else is like, it's super wholesome and sweet. And I think. Is it too wholesome and sweet? Like, I don't want to exclude people who are looking for something casual. Casual. Mm -hmm. In fact, I want to put up some sort of like bat sign for people who are looking for something casual. It does seem a bit wholesome. And I don't, there's nothing that you say in your profile that really reaches for that. Like, you're like, I'm just here for, you know, like this and that. But I don't, I'm trying to think of a way where you can say it. If I said I'm looking for something casual, that's going to immediately eliminate 99. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that's why I'm saying don't, don't whatever. say, you don't say that. But what's, what is the Goldilocks zone? Yeah. I you know, need, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm, you yeah. could always, you could always say something like, um, I don't, you know, no expectations. I'm always open. I'm always open for cool friends. Cause that, that implies, oh, that implies, what? you know, yeah. Cool friendships, because friendships could be anything. Could yeah, be any, I, any. I think a girl who's looking for something serious would next to me. Well, if, if you say. If she saw something like that. No, if you, you can say, you don't have to say, it's not like saying, I'm only looking for anything casual, but you can preface it by saying, um, no stress. I don't have any expectations. I just, you know, want to meet some cool people. And if we come out of this as. <laughs> that doesn't sound cliche. Like, I feel like if I saw that on a profile. Just, be, you could be a little bit cliche. It's fine. I mean, like it's you, it's either you put like a dog photo up or you say something a little bit like catchy like that. Do I have a picture of my mom's dog on here? I don't on my Tinder. I do on other dating profiles. You do have it on, and it's he, that was a that was a grabber for me. I think I did mention. I was like, "What's your dog's name?" Yeah, I'm yeah. a sucker. I'm my sorry. I'm a, a I'm a I'm a basic bitch. You know, like I love I love a good dog yeah. photo. Well, my mom had a, had a yellow <laughs> lab, and there's I had a picture of me with like the Christmas tree lights in the background and I'm like snuggling with my mom's dog or something. Oh, yeah, oh was, and I had a beard. Like it was yeah, a good photo. It was, it's a good, it's a really, it's a really good photo of okay. you. All right. Maybe it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's only August though. I don't know if I want it's a little. You, oh, you, you're worried about the, the, season, the, yeah, you the seasonal. seasonality of my photos. <laughs> you have seasonal photos. You have a photo of you holding a baby with um, bunny ears on for Easter. Right. And it's just kind of like alluding to like, is he religious? I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's move on to <laughs> a listener question okay. here. Um, let's see. Oh, man. This one got deleted. That's too bad. Stupid. It's really a bummer when people ask something and then based on the response on Reddit, they get sort of nervous and remove it. Oh, because I mean... Who wants to get dragged? Sometimes people don't even make a throwaway account and they're just why? getting dragged, I know, but why scalped posted, by the internet. Why post on Reddit in the first place? The whole the whole dream of posting something on Reddit <laughs> is for it to go viral. Desperation. I don't really know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. This person says, why do men love coming on their partner's face or stomach? Even I do, but I've never understood the exact reason. Some say it's because we get a sense of ownership over her body. I feel like that's kind of true. It does feel like I'm marking my territory or something. Even my girl loves it, saying that it's something that makes her feel like she belongs to me. Is this true? What are your reasons for doing this? All right. I know where this is leading. Well, why, <laughs> where do you think this is leading? Okay, well, first let's start off. What to men, and like a lot of men will just say, no, I just like really love it. You know, like I just love the submissiveness of it. But like, what is it to men where they want to come everywhere on a woman? I don't have that like in, impulse. I think well, you, you know don't, I don't. Yeah, have no, that you know impulse. you don't. You don't, and like you're you are you're an anomaly for sure. But I think for can you introspect on like why more men, most men, yeah, would yes, I can. I think <laughs> that it can be hot to demean the person that you're having sex with. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand 
why any woman who is with someone they care about wouldn't feel demeaned by it. But that's that, like, like, I've, like I've said before, um, that like if that, some dude is like, I want to leave a sloppy mess on your face mm -hmm. and you know, it's just my, it's, I, it just turns me on so much to give you a facial. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're basically revealing that they don't think much of you. I don't think that's the case. Okay. No, like I said, it's like that disgust, you know, the disgust reflex. It's like, it's the bar is lowered when you're having sex with somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you could say you can kind of like encompass in all, like in all other aspects of things that could be considered submissive or demeaning. Um, you know, like, like say choke play, I'm um, a bit of rough sex, um, you know, dirty talking, name calling, things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. You can kind of encompass it into this like little category of things that are debasing to women. And, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, like I wouldn't, you know, want to go into the office and someone would come in my face. Like, I don't want that on my day-to-day -day basis, but mm -hmm. in a sexual encounter with someone where I'm aroused and I'm having a good time and it's with someone that, you know, we've had some micro consents beforehand, then yeah, absolutely. That's fine. Okay. And it doesn't, and it's doesn't make me but feel less than why in your mind, mm -hmm. what are rational non-demeaning reasons that a man has such a desire to make a mess on you? Mm, pornography. I think, I mean, besides it being this sense of ownership, uh -huh. um, this sense of uh, submission and like dominance, yeah. I think a lot of young men tend to think that's something they have to do or they want because it's hot. Because I think when you, if you watch porn, it's either a cream pie, right? Or they're just like, they're just come everywhere, like in every single surface, you know? Yeah. And it's never like, you never watch a porn where like, they just like slip out and they just come on someone's stomach. You never see that. It's just the money there, shot or cream pie. Yeah. There's lots of, there's facials and coming on tits mm -hmm. all the time in porn. But I think that... It's performance art. I think that supports my theory that mm -hmm. it's demeaning to the woman. And I think it's like a turn on in porn because it's sort of... Yeah, it's demeaning. It's demeaning to the to the person receiving said I, facial or... I what is, is, there a, is there a euphemism for... Pearl necklace. Someone shows a pearl necklace. Mm -hmm. yeah. I always like that term. It's really cute. Sounds like almost like something for a child or something. But. Oh no! Yeah, no, it's awful. Okay. No, no. Ah, um, no. I honestly think that a lot of young, especially like young men now that are like kind of getting into finding their sexuality and exploring, and they get a lot of their education from pornography. Um, I think with the internet now, you can just like you can find anything. Like you can literally find anything on the internet. No, I know, and, but okay. Are you and that's where a lot of people case? are getting their education from. It's like you know, you're not just like fumbling, and you know, you're not just like fumbling around with somebody and like just trying to fig figure things out when you're, you know, when you're like late teens, early twenties. Yeah, and fine, stuff. but it's like Alyssa, you're learning this all from like Pornhub. Yeah, but it's not like I don't think I learn things that turn me on from porn. I think things can get normalized because of mm -hmm. porn. Oh, absolutely. So this thing where there is like zero foreplay mm -hmm. and there's penetration and the porn star orgasms within 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. Those things people learn from porn and think are normal mm -hmm. and may expect that in their sexual encounters. But I don't think people learn what feels good or what desires they have from porn as much. Maybe maybe in some circumstances. Some circumstances but the notion maybe. the notion that like men are seeing a bunch of facials delivered on porn and they wouldn't have thought of it if it mm -hmm. weren't for porn. And mm -hmm. because they've seen so many facials in porn, right. now they like really like facials, whereas otherwise they wouldn't. I don't think that makes no, sense. I'm wondering if it, what, what's happening here is um, people are affecting like arousal from it. It's kind of like um, how mm. eating ass became very popular. It wasn't just like out of nowhere. Everyone was like, oh, this is the thing. No one's ever tried this before. And now right. everyone's tried it. Right. It, it kind of became this meme. And I think a lot of people started to affect it in a way where they're like, oh no, like I really, really love this. Even if they weren't, they weren't necessarily super turned on by it, but it was one of those, the, the, those like things, like sexual things that you can do that you were fine with, you know, like you weren't turned off or disgusted by it, but it wasn't something that it was like this huge turn on, like on for you, you know, it's just, I think maybe a lot of people are affecting it as something as they should be aroused by it.
even if they're probably not. And that's comes and that just comes with, with age and experience too, like being able to get older and be like, actually, you know, like I'm not into that. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with like not being into something. You know, it's like you're not like it's not like you're not the cool kid in school. Or the yeah. uncool kid in school. <laughs> I guess. I think men actually do like making a mess out of the woman. I think there's But do men like getting their ass ate? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't but I don't think that the point I'm making is that the, that the analogy that because there's a rise in analingus because mm-hmm. culturally it's it's considered more acceptable or culturally it's mentioned more. Mm-hmm. I do think that I do think that's happening, but I think facials are have been going on for time immemorial, and that <laughs> uh, the reason why men like them is because it's a visual representation of ownership or dominance over the woman. Mm -hmm. And I get why this person, well, okay. So this person is, is a woman. She's like, why do men love coming on their partner's faces? Mm -hmm. Actually, sorry, it's a man. He's like, even I do, but I've never understood the exact, exact reason. I think yeah, I think it's because it makes you feel alpha or dominant. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I just don't, as with so many things with sex, these things where like the man is positioned as the alpha and the woman is positioned as the extreme submissive beta. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why so many women are liking that kind of thing. So I, I, I have the same confusion about women who claim they love to give blowjobs I have this confusion about women who are like, oh, I just love it when he comes on my face. Right. It's like, I don't, I think it's signaling something obviously negative about the way the man feels about the woman. And in the best possible scenario, it's only in the bedroom, but come on. It it seems unlikely that that's not leaking into other parts of their thought pattern. And so I don't understand Mm -hmm. why people are so comfortable with it. Women are so comfortable with. with I, under, I, I understand know. why men want it. They're like, "This is awesome! <laughs> look what I've done! Look what I look what I've what look what I made! Look mm-hmm. at this mess! Look at this person who right. subjugated to me! Look at look at how I'm imposing mm-hmm. myself on them." I can understand that being hot. I don't think it's that hot because uh, I often care deeply for the person that I'm sleeping with, oh. and <laughs> and I, you know, like it's just strange to do this thing that demeans them and then be like, and then cordon that off and say, Oh, this is only in the bedroom. I, I really care about how your career is going. And I want <laughs> to think your opinions are just as important as mine, except in the bedroom. Yeah. I want to like, you know, tie you down, have you eat my ass. And then I'm going to come on your face and walk away. Like it's, I think it's, it's, it's more, it's, it's more nuanced than that though. And I, I, th- I, it is more nuanced. I under, I'm presenting I an yeah. extremely, Characterized case here. No, but, I understand, that's, and that's, I can that's, see that's your perspective. Generally, where my worldview on this, my confusion about this stuff. Lies. No, I can understand your perspective on it, and I think in my own, my so for my own personal interest in it, um, for me, like I said, my turn on is my partner's turn on, right? If it's something my partner's into, I'm not. Yeah. It's not a strong no for me. Yes, hundred percent. This is something. It's, this is something Mike always says. Like this, you enjoy going down on your partners, mm-hmm. so why can't you? <laughs> flip that around and imagine somebody else enjoying giving you such yes, a pleasure. And, yeah. And I can understand like the, the opposite way and be like, well, I can't, I can't separate um, this submissive view of you while also seeing you as like this um, partner. So it's kind of this like hormadonna complex. Right. Yeah. Um, I think people tend to forget that sex is kind of like a, it's a form of escapism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're meant to like release inhibitions. Like, you know, who I am, say at the office or the clinic or whatever, um, is not who I have to be in the bedroom. You know, it's like watching scary movies, you know, um, it's watching movies, um, playing video games, whatever. These are forms of escapism to kind of get you away from your day-to-day life, you know? Um, so it's not like when I, it's because I watch scary movies, I'm a murderer, right? Or like I'm into gore, I'm into pain, or I'm into, you know, like I'm not, I'm a fucking sure, sociopath. Sure. It's just watching something that makes me feel a certain way and escapes me from my daily life. I think that's also goes in hand in hand with like, you know, say like sexual activity with people, you know, like you're releasing inhibitions, like you're um, trying out new things and like, you're kind of just, you know, bringing yourself to this like other edge where it's, you can't do that in your day-to-day life. It's just like, you know, like where are you getting, are, where are you getting your titty sucked on like your day-to-day life? Right. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, like it, it's, 
there is a difference. Like you're able to kind of have like these different like plateaus, you know, for the relationship. Like there's like the romantic partner, there's your um, sexual partner. There's like this like dominant submission, whatever it may be on either side. Um, there's the friendship aspect. You know, these are all like different areas that make up a relationship in a person, you know? And so encompassing it all into like one like little box and saying like, well, if you're outside of this box and like, I can't respect you because of it, it's, that's really just kind of like putting like a tight line on everything when it's so much more nuanced than that. I think. I hear you. I I think the general notion of what you're saying here is (laughs) sex and desires in the sexual realm should be considered 100% isolated from desires and needs and wants in other arenas in life. And I think that basically has to be the case in order for, you know, very, like, if that is not 100% the case, then feminism is complete garbage, right? Like, if if it's true that 90x% of women are super submissive in the bedroom, and if bedroom behavior is even some tiny amount correlated to real life, then yeah, like that causes all kinds of problems with uh, all kinds of societal issues. And so, all right, I guess I'll pretend for a moment like sex has nothing to do with anything else in life. But yeah, I think if people thought about that carefully, they would see that the logical conclusion here is a bit icky. And I I think my confusion about this is, is normal and everyone else pretending like this is totally fine and there's no inconsistencies here mm-hmm. is weird. That's what I, I, I understand it. And my conclusion or like just my, I guess, answer to the whole thing is that it's so subjective. It really is. It's kind of like um, how people perceive offense. It's one thing that could possibly offend you wouldn't offend me at all and yeah. vice versa. Um, and so for me to say like, this is the way I, my worldview is, it's right. It mm-hmm. isn't for everyone else. You know, um, yeah. and I, I know that's a really vague and kind of like lame answer. It's not like answering anything. It's just kind of saying like, well, to each their own, you know, but it really, it really it is what it is. It is what it is. You know? yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I understand like trying to introspect on that. Like, what is the deeper meaning be like behind that? You know, is it, is it feminist to want to get like your ass beat during sex? Sometimes? Yeah, or is it, you know? is like, it anti-feminist? Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. But you know, like, I think there's, there's, there's a good question to be had there. For sure. But so I understand your confusion, but like I said, I think it's definitely a little bit more nuanced than that. And you know, my, you know, my point of view on it. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This person says you puss, you pussy eating men, a question. Actually, this person says you pussy eating, loving men, a question. Pussy eating, loving men. I'm I'm not going to worry about this. How do I make my man one? LOL. It feels like I'm almost always doing something wrong, but I've literally made it the easiest possible for him to want me to eat me out. He will play with me a little and go down on me for literally 10 seconds sometimes before sex, but that's it. I'm very hygienic. He's probably just trying to get her lubricated. Mm. Uh, I'm very hygienic. Shower every day, and I always use wipes to stay clean. Mike has an issue with wipes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like the the the, the, taste. the alcoholy mm-hmm. residue. Well, least. they they do they do have feminine wipes that don't have that alcohol residue on them. So yeah. yeah, so I mean, they make I it used to, make it taste like honey. When I was younger, I read in a guide somewhere that you should have feminine wipes near your toilet, and so that when you invite women back to your apartment, they can see that, and if and if they so choose. They can use it to, like, if they feel insecure about, you know, let's say you've, you've been on a date. It's been like a few hours. What man, what man wrote this article? <laughs> what? You don't think this is a good idea? What? You no. wouldn't feel, you wouldn't no. feel insecure <laughs> going over to some that, ha- somebody's house for the first time? That's so presumptuous. Also rude. No, no, also, no, no. Like, I would be like. pretend that it's there that you, sometimes you like to keep your asshole. I would, I would have so many questions about it. Like I you, so I would have I, like no, I, they don't have to be no, feminine no, wipes. No, there no, are there no, are non-gendered no. wipes. If I came into like a a bachelor pad where this guy has like toothpaste in the sink, like beard shavings, like put like over the sink and stuff, and like dirty towels, yeah. and then I see like a box of feminine wipes above his toilet, I'm gonna be like, okay, first of all, is this girl? Is, is this his girlfriend's? No, this is a is straw it, man. It, Alyssa, this is a straw man. Does he live with his sister? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> first off, my bathroom is immaculate. Second. uh, they I would be concerned. Be, they wouldn't be female wipes. It would be, can't you get, can't you, I know you can, you can get, get like, huggies. You can get, uh, what are the wipes, the like, huggies. What are huggies? 
Huggies, like the wet wipes that you use for babies. Sure. They have those for adults, though, and they're non-gendered. Yeah, but they're also more expensive. So for the listeners out there, if you want to get some non-gendered wipes for your for your privates, mm-hmm. just get some Huggies wipes. They are cheap, and you can get like literally a thousand of them uh-huh. at the drugstore, and they work fantastic. Huggies should sponsor me. Okay, hold on. But a second ago, you were saying you would be weird if you went to a man's house and you saw that. No, if I saw feminine wipes. Like oh, if I, I don't saw, even know what a feminine saw... wipe. What is a feminine wipe? <laughs> so, fem- so basically, like I, don't, I can't even think of a brand. Like is it like honey? Not honey something. It's honey something. But they have like these like brand wipes where they're the feminine wipes. They're hygienic wipes that you can use. Like say like you know throughout the day, so you can feel clean down there. But they're non-alcoholic. Um, they're good for the pH of like your vagina. Everything. I'm rolling my eyes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone can hear it through the through yeah. the microphone. How does it help with your vaginal? No, pH? It, it doesn't. It doesn't like it doesn't mess with the pH of your vagina by like you know oh, say getting it's, a handful of not, alcohol and like you know just I like see, rubbing your clitoris okay, with okay. it. Yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't damage it, but um, it also cleans you, leaves it fresh, and also always has like this like nice little scent like you know honey, cucumber, or rose water or something. Okay. But it's a very specific type of brand. So if I saw a packet of feminine wipes in a man's bathroom. There are three things I would think. I would think he has a girlfriend. Forget it. But the, okay. I don't want to talk about that. That's not what I was suggesting. Okay. It's boring. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. So she says, shower every day and I always use wipes to stay clean. I have an IUD, so I never get a period. I'm always shaven, like always. We have sex on average twice a day. And I know my looks isn't a factor either. I know I can't make him into a man that craves eating pussy, LOL. But I'm looking for advice for words of encouragement and tricks that may make him realize that there is fun being missed out on both sides. Mm. So. They um, sound young. Well, I hope so, because if that's the writing of an adult, I'm, that's, I mean, <laughs> I hate reading Reddit sex comments because they're always so poorly written. But, yeah, there's a lot of things wrong here, but go on. Uh, so the pers- person once says, have you tried talking to him about it and telling him how much you want it? I think that's probably the, first best answer but mm-hmm. i think it is also the case that some men are pretty averse to um going down on their partner i have a friend who hasn't gone down on a woman since his early 20s he's in his 40s now really yeah but he's introspected on why he doesn't like it right i think he's just like that's gross i don't know <laughs> i don't think he i mean he's been married for a while mm-hmm. i think he his opinion I haven't talked to him about it in at least 10 years, but I think his opinion is something like, why should I do that? Oh yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Well, he's not American. So he has like somewhat uh, macho. Oh, he doesn't, that he's like the, it's kind of this like cultural machismo thing. Like yes. I don't, I don't need to do that. Okay. Right. Um, well, I guess he found his match if he's married. I mean, some women don't <sighs> like being like, don't like oral sex yeah, either. She's so- also from the same country. Mm-hmm. So, she may not feel empowered to. May not feel, em- yeah. Anyway, I mean, look, the point is there are lots of men who don't mm-hmm. want to go down on women, just like mm-hmm. there are lots of women who don't want to go down mm-hmm. on women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay, so no, I, I hear it. And I think there's a lot of other factors here. Um, has she had a conversation with him about why he doesn't yeah. like it? Because it could be a myriad of things. It could be that he's nervous, he doesn't know what to do. Um, he could, yeah, like, I mean, he could be nervous about that. Um, he could think that it's not something that she really likes, you know? And so there are, there are, there's like some communication things that you can do with that, where say she can tell him like, oh my gosh, like, it's just amazing. Every time you do it, like, I love it. And, you know, just kind of give like, you know, like positive affirmations back at him where he's just like, oh yeah, I mean, I like this that, is a good thing. You know, I think that that's first tier affirmations, something mm-hmm. like moaning and sexy talk and telling mm-hmm. him to like harder or like lighter or mm-hmm demonstrably being yeah. enthusiastic about what you're receiving, you know, Oh, that's it, baby, whatever. Uh, it, I think stroking his ego yeah. is best like a lot of men are afraid that they're not able to, you know, give the woman what she wants. And lots of women are pretty non-communicative mm-hmm. when you're down there. And so if, if, you know, if they're not orgasming reliably when you go down on them and they're not really giving you feedback, I can imagine eventually sort of giving up. Right. And that's why I I think that she also isn't really good at communication because it sounds like she hasn't had this conversation with him at all. She's just gone to Reddit to ask everyone else like what she can do. So it doesn't seem like she's like, she's, 
you know, delved into this topic with him, like, hey, like, is this something that I'm doing? You know, because it could be like, maybe he, maybe she's, we've, we've heard this on like Reddit before where someone's had like a really particular odor, yeah. maybe like regardless of height, like hygiene. Um, it could be some weird religious thing that maybe he has, who knows, right? But it doesn't seem like they've had the conversation of like why he may be not doing it or, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think she just isn't really being communicative with him at all. Yeah. I mean, look, if she hasn't given him vocal encouragement yeah. or told him that she'd really like him to do it more, yeah. that, that's one thing. Although I think most men, at least in sexually liberal circles, know that most women want their man to go down on them. Right. And so I have never met a person who would refuse to go down on me ever. But also, I live in a coastal liberal city. So Wait, you've never, I've never been met with a, a partner who wouldn't go down on you. No, I've never met a person who refused to go down on me ever. That I'm so lucky, apparently, because. But I've never, like, I've never, I've never, and I don't think I've had I mean, any friends. Your vagina is pristine. Thank you. So <laughs> I work really hard at it. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's part of it, but. I can't believe you must be doing something to eliminate the kind of man. I, look, I don't want well, maybe, to. Well, like, maybe you, like my elimination me, system of being you've, like, you've oh. You've told me what your, what your number is, and I don't want to reveal that on the show. But I can't imagine. My suspected that, number. Actually, I don't know what my number is. So that's. Well, that's, you're, you're revealing that, not me. That, that, that I implies something about yeah. the, the magnitude of, of <laughs> said number. I don't have a spreadsheet of all not, my sexual it's partners. Not, it's not three. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that I can't imagine that you haven't run I've into never, somebody, even, I, uh, even like a drunken hookup. There wasn't some guy. No, who, I never, I've never run into somebody who was like, oh, no, I don't do that ever. You must be doing something that eliminates that kind of person maybe, that, that heads that off at the pass. I don't know if that's, maybe, I don't know if that's something I'm particularly doing, or maybe it's just the type of like, say like sexual partner that like I'm attracted to. Right. Like, I don't know what, what like, what, like what are like the stereotypes of someone who just refuses to go down on a woman? Like, is it someone who's like uber religious? Is it someone who comes from a culture that's like really machismo? Um, and that's just not done. It's not like culturally done at all. Uh, it's what, would be what do you think would be like the stereotypes like surrounding those things like because uh, i maybe those are the markers that like i see and i'm like okay i'm not gonna there's 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 some quadrants here so mm -hmm. there's selfish people versus unselfish people mm -hmm. and then there's uh i guess adventurous and not adventurous and then there's uh i guess macho and something else and so they would need to be in, in the right space there to not want to do it i don't know yeah i mean i've been with partners never with a, there's never i've never had a long time partner that i didn't want to go down on but i've mm. had sex with people that i didn't really feel like going down on for mm. whatever reason maybe mm -hmm. i felt like they weren't super clean yeah. or well, I just wasn't that attracted to them. But did you have, something. but did you have like a moment where they tried, you, you know, they kind of angled towards you going down to them and you just said, no, I'm not into that. Yeah. This is a good question. Has someone tried to insinuate me down there? Yeah. And have I actively refused? Has someone called you out on it? I That's think the thing. answer is yes. Really? Someone's called you out. Called I, think you on I've, I think I've been in a circumstance at least once or twice where they've sort of requested and I've said no. How did I you politely I decline? Remember. I don't remember. Decline. How did you politely decline that? I don't remember. Oh, that'd be such a that'd be such a good information. Yeah. Be a good little I don't think I had I don't think I had a great <laughs> zinger that liber, that, that, liber, <laughs> that liberated <laughs> me. Zing. Yeah, I don't think I have like some clever tack for those oral haters to use and you know deploy uh, as needed. I, I'm trying to think if there's something you can do that would cleverly. Yeah. You could say, oh, you could say, um, you could say that you have like a sore on your tongue or something. Say, like, 
you know, like you know, like when you eat too many Skittles, yes. you get like an eat elongated. You get like an elongated, elongated taste bud. Yeah, you're just like oh. And you could say like, oh man, like that would just that would dry like, up the room immediately by saying like, yeah, yeah you I don't got want to an say open, you have a sore. You don't, sore want to, no, you don't want to say something like that. You want to say something like, what is it called? Is it an elongated taste bud? Yeah, yeah. When you've eaten like too much sugar and too short mm-hmm, of a period yeah. of time, and you could say like, oh, it's just it kind of hurts. <laughs> I have lockjaw from a. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking the other day we went on this. Uh, we went on. We went on what's called a Via Ferrata, in what country we were in? We were in Kosovo. We were in Kosovo. Yeah. And I split open. I, I, I had a little blister on my middle finger, mm-hmm. and um, maybe this is too much detail, but when. And and the blister has uh, like burst a little bit. So yeah, so it, like so it, it just like breaks a little bit of a scab there. Yeah. And uh, when I had my fingers inside of you, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, I was like mildly concerned. Oh, I know you were fine. It already scabbed over. You were great. Okay. I never when the sore was like open and infected. I think I had mentioned something where I was like, "Well, you're not going anywhere near my <laughs> vagina." You know, I think I had mentioned that, but yeah. I knew you were fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for thinking of me. You need some sort of innocuous, you need some sort of non-STD implying way of saying that you're (laughs) physically unable to go down on them in that moment. And I don't, I don't know. I don't have some clever turn of phrase there. That's so interesting. You know, I think I've have had sexual encounters with somebody where they didn't go down on me, but it was just, I think it was just regular, regular PIV sex. Uh-huh. And I don't, and I like, it wasn't, and maybe it was just like a one-time encounter, but I've never been in like a sexual encounter with somewhere I had more than once, you know, like, like sexual encounter with them. And they just refused to go down on me. Or the, I, never, I can't remember a single time where I like someone declined it ever. I see. So maybe that's the diff. Maybe there's a difference there. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, there's one more comment here. That's mildly interesting. Uh, they said, here's something else to try. Edge yourself really close to orgasm and then have him finish you off with head. That shouldn't take much effort or time. And when he finally experiences having a woman come in his mouth because of what he's doing to her, the light bulb may go off in his brain. I think that's good advice. I think it's great advice. Yeah. I think if your, uh, man is hesitant to go down on you and you need him down there for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to have any chance of orgasm, that's probably a bridge too far for some folks, especially if they don't love it. And so if, unsure. If, if there's something you can do mm-hmm. to get yourself really close and get to a point where he can help you achieve orgasm by going down on you, that will stroke his ego. It'll show him that, you know, it can be a fun way to please his partner. And you know. I like these, like, I like these little cheat codes for uh, training a man. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, the main thing is make it an ego thing for him. Like yeah, make him feel powerful and capable. On the other side, because we still don't really understand what his re- reasoning behind it is. It could just be that he doesn't like it. And that's okay. Like I don't, but I think a conversation has to be had. And if he doesn't like it, then you have to figure out, okay, is this something that is a huge deal breaker for me in a relationship? But I don't yeah. think you should force anyone to do something they just don't want to do. Mike and I have talked about this before. And even on the th- mail, this like- is one of Mike's more... It's not that it's actually not that controversial, but some people might find this controversial. Uh, we've talked about women who don't like giving oral mm-hmm. and Mike's advice to them is get over it, mm-hmm. <laughs> figure out a way to tolerate giving oral because mm-hmm. there are some sexual acts like in the past, analingus, it, it didn't used to be that mm-hmm. every woman's going to expect you to eat out their asshole, mm-hmm. but, uh, and you could probably get away with that in the course of a marriage and mm. the, there isn't going to be resentment built up. But I think receiving oral is so normalized. Men receiving oral, I think there's more cultures where men basically totally expect to receive oral mm-hmm. than there are cultures where women can reasonably expect to mm-hmm. receive oral. But in any case, yeah, if you're a woman and you really don't like giving mm-hmm. head, it's that's fine. You, you, mm-hmm. You're allowed to do whatever sexual things you want, mm-hmm. but I think you will foreclose yourself the possibility of a relationship with a lot of people. I mean, the flip side for men who won't eat out vagina. So if we're going to jump down that world, sure. Right? I, th- I like, think, I, you know I think increasingly, say. I think increasingly mm-hmm. men who refuse to go down on women are going to close some doors to themselves as well. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, look, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to have sex. You don't have to like let a man put his penis inside of you. But if you decide that mm-hmm. you refuse to shave your legs and you don't have to, you can do mm-hmm. whatever you want, but then you're going to close some doors to yourself. Hey, and... I'll shave my legs today. Gosh. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so just we'll drag me on air. Jeez. <laughs> Scalp me on air. My goodness. I think that only happened once. We've been traveling for a while here. I think there was only one day where I was like, hmm. <laughs> um, To be fair, I kept saying I was going to do it, but I just kept forgetting. You kept, you kept threatening to shave. I kept threatening to shave, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's do... We've got, about, we've got about five more minutes here, so let's okay. do one more. Uh, This person says, I come right before she comes every time. He's a 21-year-old male. My girlfriend and I have about three months have quite a bit of sex. However, I've been dealing with this problem that has been getting into my head. I can tell whenever my girlfriend is about to come because of her escalated wetness, grabbing and moaning, and this turns me on too much. Just before she is about to come, I get too excited because of her excitement and come immediately. I can tell there is some disappointment when this happens and I feel bad, but I can't help it. I feel like I can go for hours, but once I feel her about to come, I can't control myself. What do I do? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I feel for him. It's but how sweet. <laughs> that's really sweet. Well, I know what Mike would say here. And because he's not here, <laughs> let me just let me just take the Mike position. Play Mike would say, advocate Mike here. would say, like, oh yeah, I'm sure she was about to come. <laughs> <laughs> Every time she was so yeah. close. Uh, but let's assume for the sake of this uh-huh. conversation that he is actually uh getting over some sort of peak of arousal mm-hmm. because of some activity she does right before she would have mm-hmm. otherwise actually came grammar construction there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty hot when you think your partner is about to come. Mm-hmm. I think. And, and uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, and I don't deny that faking orgasms is totally a thing. And I think um, using uh yeah, like those like vocal copulation sounds to kind of help bring a man over to the edge. It it does it it can help if like you're just like this person off of me. This right? is the previous partners you're talking. Yeah. About. <laughs> right. yeah, I'm just no, I'm still manning. Uh, just clarifying like, I'm just, for the listener. I am just still manning um, Mike's argument here. Oh. But I think yeah, I mean there are. It's, it's really sweet that he's trying to he's trying to like figure out ways because he's just like you know the, her pleasure is bringing me pleasure and I just can't. You know, like, I just can't stop, like, before she finishes kind of a thing. So what... Could she desensitize could him? Could could she... Yeah, she totally could. I mean, could she could put a condom like, on. Oh, sure. I would. I was wondering if she could fake having way more orgasms and get to the point where he's like, oh, whatever, this is this is nothing. I'm not even turned <laughs> more, on by her More training anymore. exercise. It's like Pavlov's dog with, yeah. like, with, with <laughs> orgasms. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we do, but in this case, we need to desensitize. Them, exactly. Not, yeah. Not, not yeah. No oversensitize them. Exactly. Yeah. I he don't like, know. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's things that she can do because it sounds like if, say, they're going. I mean, it depends. Like, what is the amount of time that's going? Like, that's that they're having sex before the orgasm, right? Like before, like she starts to reach climax. Um, cause there are like this, these different things you can get, like certain sex toys that you can like start implementing during sex. They even have like this, um like oil you can put in your clitoris to really like make it really extremely sensitive you know so it actually makes orgasming oh sure really intense and quick she can do things to bring herself to orgasm like a little bit say quicker you know if he's having a hard time um i don't know does like does like um masturbating a ton like desensitize men because i know like if i like if i use a vibrator too much it's just like like a callus builds up my clitoris yeah Yeah. i think that men can do various things to desensitize themselves. There's desensitizing creams. They can masturbate earlier in the day. Wear a condom. They can wear a condom. There's various things. I think also women's arousal moves more slowly than men. So Mm -hmm. if he feels like he's about to come, he can pull out for a minute, Mm -hmm. not a minute, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. uh, And lower, he'll get much further away from orgasm than she will in the, in the Mm -hmm. 25 seconds that, that they're not, he could switch um, it up, like say maybe if he's about to come, pull out, right. maybe start giving her oral sex if he's in, you know what I mean? Sure, whatever it is. But I think that he can calm down and get to a place where he can continue quicker. And then when they restart, she'll be much closer to orgasm. Yeah. Than- Longer foreplay even. Sure. So I think like getting to that point of arousal, it's like, I can understand like the 
the access for like women before they start to climax, it's a little bit slower than for men, right? Um, so I imagine maybe longer foreplay beforehand, like getting her to like that edge of arousal and then start having sex. Like maybe that's where they can kind yeah. of like get on equal grounds together. Yeah. Yeah. He just basically needs to be impatient in some way. Let's see here. All right. We've been going for an hour. I think that's enough. Do you have any parting words for us, Alyssa? <laughs> nothing, nothing profound at least. Okay. So that's a wrap on today's episode. Thanks again for stepping into Mike's shoes, Alyssa. And thanks to you, our listeners, for your time. We hope to have you back next week for another episode of Your Mileage May Vary. Bye. Je veux et je viens Entre tes reins Je vais et je viens Je me goûte